Roger, roger. Roger, roger. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Roger, Roger. As always, I'm Derek. And this is Charles here, guys. Super excited to be getting into another Star Wars conversation. But, Derek, we have another special guest with us. That's true. Um, we have our editor, Jacob, on today. Say Ooh. hi. Hello, everyone. I'm back. <laughs> Jacob's back, and we're happy to have him. We you know, we had a lot of fun talking about... It was episode three, right, what we were talking about? I think so. Yeah, that was a, that was a lot to unpack in that movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah. But today, we're going to step into something a little more like... We're going to get into some ethics here today, right? Ooh. Oh, that's going to be fun. <laughs> Ethics in Star yeah. Wars. That could we be a, a little, episode by itself. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. We got into that a little bit on the Revenge of the Sith and the whole mm-hmm. uh, Jedi conspiracy. Yeah, that's true. But today, you know, this is following our rewatch of Rogue One, which we did a few weeks ago. And, you know, when this movie first came out, one of the huge things that was being published in articles that captured my attention was this whole idea of using CGI to put Cushing's face back on Tarkin in Rogue One. Mm. And that kind of snowballed now. It's been fascinating to watch the use of CGI and deepfake technology throughout the history of Star Wars, starting with Rogue One and working our way to present day. I mean, these are headlines that came out just a few weeks ago about deepfake technology in Star Wars, and that's what we are going to unpack today. Yeah, it's a pretty hot topic, and I know you're uh, particularly interested in it, which I'm... uh... Yes. Glad to hear. Charles is going to be the driving force of today's episode. <laughs> yes, I was championing this episode because I just find it fascinating. It, it, the, it's it, incredibly interesting. For it's sure. incredibly oh, no, it interesting. Is. And I mean, we're talking about, okay, so to bring everyone in, this is the use of CGI and deepfake technology to put one actor's face digitally on another actor's face and basically bring actors that are dead back into the movies doing new stuff whatever they whatever disney wants him to say he's going to say whatever he wants him to do he's going to do and that's all through deep fake technology and <clears throat> uh jacob i know you're more tech savvy than me so feel free to interrupt me if i start getting things wrong here but in oh, I'm, I, I know some things but i'm not an expert on this i know that <laughs> again with motion capture and the rest of it you can you can kind of do that and then through the uh, post-production stuff, you can get the voices. But beyond that, you know, it's a little bit fuzzy to me. Mm-hmm. So we're going to track Disney's use of deepfakes and maybe question, you know, did they pass the line of ethics? Is this setting a bizarre precedent? Because Disney can essentially make any former actor say and do whatever they want. And we'll see uh, as we go through what they have done. If there's any concerns, if we like it, is it gratuitous, stuff like that. I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts. Mm-hmm. We haven't, we've been holding off on sharing our thoughts uh, just so we could keep it fresh for the episode. So let's get right into it. Everyone, let's go back to a simpler time, 2016. Theaters were hustling and bustling, super busy. Uh, we had The Force Awakens come out, very exciting. And then they announced that they were going to do Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And this was basically like a separate story, separate from the Star Wars trilogies that we know and love. And, you know, we talked all about 
how it broke new ground for uh, Disney cinema. But one of the things that stuck out to us and that, again, made headlines was this idea of re like bringing Tarkin back from the dead and bringing him into this mm-hmm. movie. What do you guys remember back in the day about seeing the, about seeing Tarkin? Did you like know about it going in? Were you surprised when you watched it? I definitely didn't know about it going in. It was kind mm-hmm. of a surprise when I saw him the first time. Uh, and I remember looking. Uh, I, I was kind of... I, I thought it was cool at first. I, I kind of still do, but I, there's definitely more layers to unpack after you really start to think about what's going on and the future implications of it. But originally, I had no idea. I was surprised. I was like, oh, wow, it's Tarkin. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And but you know, and then I we already said in our um, Rogue One episode it was kind of unnecessary. You could have cut that out or made a new character, mm-hmm. but um, it was cool in the moment, at least for me. What about you, Jacob? Yeah, um, it was definitely a surprise to me, uh, mostly just because um, I I didn't keep up with with who was alive or de- or who had passed away from the ri- from the original. Mm-hmm. So so to, and and e- even now I forget. Uh, you know, I forget that some actors pass away, you know, and just who, you know, what that that's just me. But it was definitely a surprise to see to see that. And then because I'm I'm more used to to, you know, I think we're all kind of used to playing, you know, these high budget video games and such like that. That looks, you know, very good that after watching it for a couple of minutes, I, you know, I guess I, I started to see where the CGI was being used in it. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, again, we play, you know, a lot of people play high budget video games that look, you know, lifelike, mm-hmm. right? you know, via lighting and all the rest of it that but you can still just make out like bits and pieces. <laughs> right, right. I remember watching this and I had mixed feelings about it. I remember being almost kind of like this is in poor taste. I was oh. that was my gut reaction. I mean, Peter, really? yeah, because Peter Cushing died in 1994. Okay, that was when he died, and now we're in 2016, and we're bringing him back so he could have a bit part in a Disney Star Wars movie. I, I the concepts. And they didn't even fill in the bald spot. It's a little <laughs> harsh. They, it's a little harsh. They, it, it was interesting was for me to see. Uh, but I have, I have some more information about how this all happened. And it makes me feel like, okay, I think Disney realized there might be some ethical issues here. And so they took some steps. I do know for certain that Cushing's estate was brought in and consulted and that's you know what they report that that's kind of where the reporting ends mm-hmm. but they were consulted when they were going to bring back Tarkin and the way it worked was they had a different actor physically and vocally perform the role and then industrial light and magic basically use CGI to craft Cushing's face using old footage as well as motion capture technology so they it's not we aren't really in the world of deep fakes yet we are kind of but it was all done by hand and it was you know they really did try to show it off and they they did the close-up and they had a full-on act and it was also an actor's voice that mimicked uh cushing's performance it was an impersonation Mm -hmm. basically okay that's interesting it's a good impersonation yeah oh yeah it does sound yeah 
Yeah, it was very good. I, I actually read an article to study up on this. The actor was actually very nervous to, to uh, he wanted to get it right. I mean, obviously. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're playing, you're playing someone who, you know, was like one of the, ma- you know, maybe not a major villain, but like he was still like, you know, the head of, you yeah. know, within this, you know, the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to step into those shoes of that actor who had passed away, you know, I think was, uh, you know, it's the same, at it's the same time an honor yet in incredibly terrifying oh yeah and this was at a time where disney had only released one star wars movie so this is going to be the second star wars movie (laughs) ever people like fans had their attention on this movie and were putting everything on it and were super excited to see what a star wars story movie was like so i can only imagine the pressure everyone in this film was under but especially (laughs) someone who's treading new ground in movie studio ethics but for me, the fact that they worked with the estate, I mean, that's all you can do. But for me, though, yeah. I don't know if Cushing could have ever really consented to having his likeness brought back onto the screen. But at least his family's getting involved and paid, probably. So Yeah, and you never heard anything about the, the estate or the family saying anything negative. So it yeah. must have gone as smoothly as as it could have. So that's at least good. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I think that, that at least you know reaching out to the fam- to the families in order to use the likeness i feel like that's one of the bigger good steps that yes. that uh fu- mm-hmm. that companies can do in the future you know absolutely be- and i think now that we have the benefit of knowing this technology exists i think that brings in some interesting contract negotiations <laughs> like if certain actors want to yeah. be like you write into my contract that they cannot use my likeness after death <laughs> or they got to pay me in up front or something yeah like i'm maybe, sure you know. robert downey junior must have some kind of you know who knows uh, some of these marvel guys not, might yeah. have it mm-hmm. maybe they don't maybe they sign it away maybe they get paid a premium maybe their estate gets royalties like yeah. All kinds of possibilities that I'm not privy to, but it's like you said, Jacob, huh. like that precedent is important. To just mm-hmm. use someone's likeness without their consent is very bizarre. And they, Disney's not done that. But yeah, but here's the thing. it's It, it kind of seems like they were at the forefront of handling this well, mm-hmm. more than, I guess they were the re- one of the real... Um, yeah, this was one of the real first cases of it in uh, in the film industry. Mm-hmm. But they really screwed up with um, that whole Scarlett Johansson thing. Yeah. That sounds like they, uh, which is very odd to me that this they went a very good direction with this and then a poor direction with something else. And I don't know yeah. too much about that story, but it sounds yeah, I don't on, know too much. Yeah, on the yeah. surface level, it sounds like they're screwing her out of money. But I don't, you know, I don't know the complete what the contract really says and all that stuff and. But um, it, it, right. it seems I like think they were this, very though, progressive like, with The this. decision was so contained into the making of this movie that Industrial Light and Magic was in full control over the decision to bring oh, Tarkin in or not. Yeah. Mm. Whereas the decision to make movies straight on demand for streaming was not necessarily... They didn't bring Marvel into the room. They didn't bring Scarlett mm-hmm. Johansson into the room when they were making that decision. It was a board meeting where people were like, yeah, yeah we'll make money. Call. And then no one bothered to ask, like, hey, what about executive producers that mm-hmm. make money off box office take? And they're yeah. like, eh, just do it. Right, it was legal and accounting, not the guys actually making the movie and working with the... The yeah. actors. Right. So I, I, you're right. I could see, e- actually easily see how that issue right. Right. happened and how mm-hmm. this one um, they handled. There was one other well. surprise in Rogue One, and that was the reveal at the end of Carrie Fisher, who I don't know if they really used any voice for that, 
but they did use again it was an example of taking a totally different actress and mo-capping her face and using cgi to put carrie fisher's face from a new hope onto that actress and right. making it look like okay. new hope carrie fisher I will say real quick, that one did not look as smooth as the uh, Tarkin one. It, the, for some reason, I don't know whether it was like too much light on the face yeah. or, or something else. It just was not fitting for me. Like whenever I saw it, I went like, okay, that's weird. Why? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd agree. Both of them, I think Tarkin was better. Um, I don't think Leia was bad. But it was, like you said perfectly, they kind of looked like a AAA video game. Mm-hmm. They did not look – they kind of didn't get Uncanny Valley for me because they weren't, like, good enough to look creepy. They looked like a really high-end video game. And I know a lot mm-hmm. of uh, modern video games even have um, um, professional actors in them as their likeness. And they take a thousand pictures of their face and they mm-hmm. basically render them in 3D. So I, I kind of feel like it was a very similar thing. It wasn't good enough to be – uncanny valley although a lot of people call it that it wasn't me for it wasn't that for me personally and it wasn't bad enough to be oh you shouldn't have done this i was like oh that's neat i get it they did what they could at you know in 2015 yeah th- yeah they did what they what what they could again for for me it was just the way that the light was bouncing off certain things that kind of yeah. tipped me off to oh this is mocap this is this yeah. this is mm-hmm. that it was very you ambitious know. to show her in full bright white light you know they and, couldn't a, hide and behind her dress anything. too yeah and the room was white. It was uh, versus Tarkin, who is in a gray suit, a dark room. You know, it, uh, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it was bold. And, but that leads me to like the last thing I want to say about this movie is like, did this movie need Tarkin and Princess Leia? And why? Mm. Like, why did Disney have such a. I was going to say something vulgar, but enthusiasm for uh, <laughs> for <laughs> for bringing back these old actors. You know, it comes to this like I think Disney is one of the worst defenders. Uh, Star Wars, I mean, Disney Star Wars is one of the worst defenders of being like, look, guys, it's Vader. Look, guys, it's Tarkin. Look, guys, it's mm-hmm. Leia. Isn't yep. this movie cool? It's like, we're, are we trying to tell a new story with all these young act, like the, the new actors and like all this new stuff? It's like, do we I need think... to really follow the shiny object to to, to, to like this movie and <laughs> clap every time we see Darth Vader and Leia and Broke Tarkin? New well, I think, well, <laughs> I think, no, I think number one, you're, you're introducing familiar characters. That way people who have grown up with Star Wars can go like, oh, Oh yes, I know that character. Mm-hmm. I understand that character. You know, you know, and then it, you know, it it's a tie. It's a tying point. Sorry, it's a tying. It, it ties those pieces together, other than just having it be a free floating story. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the reasons is to be able to number one bring in, um, uh, you know, fans of those characters, mm-hmm. and then two to just tie those the story to other stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think Rogue One specifically, after running off of um, Force Awakens, it was basically like Charles said, "Hey, it's nostalgia the movie." Like, and Jacob said, yeah. it kind of gets everybody into it. You know, old fans, new fans, yeah. and it was riding off the wave of Force Awakens, which everybody pr- liked. And I think that kind of they just said, "Let's grab some people. We don't need to grab, you know, Luke or something, but." Let's make it work. Well, people will like it. And no matter how 
the movie was I liked the movie as we said in our other episode it was okay there was some wrong with it some really um, good with it but it was kind of let's put this on people will love it when it comes out and then they'll forget about it kind of thing I can see that and if I'm being honest with myself like the Vader scene at the end of Rogue One's probably the best scene in the movie <laughs> and then ending with a more shot, than just the movie yeah and ending with a shot of of I mean I mean and I mean, you, you, you could just have that scene on repeat and I'd be oh, happy. Yeah, yeah, it's a great scene. So I wouldn't want that removed. And then I think ending with Princess Leia thematically was a really good move. And for, mm-hmm. even though the technology wasn't there, they were pushing it. You know, Lucas has always been one for pushing yeah. technology, even yeah. if it didn't right. necessarily make it the best experience. But they're trying. It broke new ground. Uh, the Tarkin <laughs> estate embraced it. Carrie yeah. Fisher is mm-hmm. on record saying when she saw that, she was able to watch that, and she loved it. So... In those senses, we'll give it a pass, but I had concerns. One of this Uncanny Valley thing, two of the ethical questions it opens up of like, what if they, like, what's stopping them from not going through an estate? What if there is no estate? Do they own right. this dude's mm-hmm. face forever? Uh, I, that's not something that actor could have ever foreseen happening to him. So, and. Also, the controversy gets even spicier because right off of the release of Rogue One, like even like while it's in theaters, Carrie Fisher passes away. The same mm-hmm. year, 2016, mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher unexpectedly passed away shortly after Rogue One, Rogue One's release. And, you know, I remember at the time, I don't know if you guys remember this like I do, but there was a genuine controversy and fan speculation would people like bring Carrie Fisher back into the Star Wars mm-hmm. movies the way they did with Tarkin? And some fans were hoping they weren't. Some fans were hoping they would. Do you guys remember that controversy at all? I do. Yeah, mm. not too much. I remember it was more of a question than a con. Um, controversy. I remember being concerned that they would do it because it's in poor taste, and Disney was did not waste too much time to publicly announced that they would not and that they were going to use footage that already existed that was on the cutting room floor mm-hmm. for previous to just movies finish it. to yeah. finish it. And then you see there's scenes where, you know, Ray's like hugging her and you could tell it's just like she's it's not, not there. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. you know, moments like that. And they purposely avoided deep fake technology. And that begs the question, like, if they were purposely avoiding it, does that not mean that they know that at some level it's kind of a tasteless thing to do? No, I think it might just be very expensive too. Or was it oh, too no, soon? It's, it's probably stupid expensive. I don't yeah, think it might be financing was a concern for them. These are billion dollar movies here. Yeah, I guess that's true. Also, and actually, I don't think it's that expensive, to be honest, because I, I was going to bring this up later, but there are other examples of deep fakes that um, – that didn't cost a billion dollars. But keep in mind, this is 2016 still. Mm-hmm. Where's like the Tarkin thing is oh, brand right. is new. new. Deep fake technology is not really popular yet. It still yeah. involves mocap, CGI, a lot of. But it's not stupid expensive. It's doable. It, they with, could have yeah. done it if they wanted to. Like yeah. they could have yeah. brought Carrie. They got another actor do the mocap, put her right. face in with footage mm-hmm. they already had. And had her play main roles in all of these movies. They well, yeah. I so I think they were 
foreseeing a potential problem. I don't think they thought there was anything ethically wrong with it, but I think they were saying, this is very soon, people might get annoyed, let's not do this right now. And they spaced it out a little. And this is actually not the, while this is one of the first deep fake issues to arise ethically, Mm -hmm. this is not the first time somebody's combated uh, a movie studio owning their likeness. I believe in Back to the Future 2, they had they gave um, the actor that played George McFly some prosthetics and makeup to make him look like the actor that played George McFly from Back to the Future One, mm. and he sued. He was like, "You don't own my likeness. You can't make an actor look like me." And he won. So I don't know if that <laughs> precedent is going to tr- transform into deep fake. If this is, I think they're aware of that. There's an ethical and a legal precedent. Mm-hmm. So. I, and I, there, I has, there has yeah, not the been a lawsuit like in cinema over yeah. deep fakes. The deep fake like lawsuit things I've seen have all been in like, you know, adult movies and stuff like that. But it has not been in in <laughs> in um it has not been in Star Wars. And I think, you know, because at this point, 2016, anytime people have used someone else's likeness, they've had consent and mm-hmm. it's been a pre-approved and all of that. And the money's flowing, so nobody and, cares. And the money's so, yeah. flowing. Disney's writing big old checks. Um so the only other thing I'll say about Carrie Fisher is, so since she passed away, fans genuinely concerned that they would try and bring her back. It's way too soon. No one wants to see, like, a Uncanny Valley Carrie Fisher's talking to Ray Skywalker in, in these uh, sequel trilogy movies. Mm-hmm. So on one of her final... So she did wrap up filming for The Last Jedi, and that was released in December of 2017, and the movie was actually dedicated to her, which I thought was sweet. And oh, then nice. Fisher did appear in The Rise of Skywalker through the use of unreleased footage from The Force Awakens. So um, they were able to keep her in. I wonder if that scene where she supermans through space was uh, on the cutting room floor or not. But It might have been. Oh, no, that was in The Last yeah. Jedi, wasn't it? That was Last Jedi. That was, yeah, that was in The Last okay, Jedi. Okay, so they had filmed yeah, that. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, mo- most of uh, Carrie Fisher's scenes uh, through Rise of Skywalker was very early on in the film mm-hmm. on that uh, kind of jungle base mm-hmm. planet or so, system. Yeah. So, th- I, th- you know. Wasn't that Yavin 4? I don't think so. I don't know. I do I I vaguely I think, remember I think it was that. something different. They just never <laughs> it named have been it. Different, and th- yeah. Just a planet then, to invoke memories of Yavin yeah, 4. Yeah, because everybody knew where <laughs> Yavin was, so it couldn't. Uh, that would be, well, or we're wrong, and it was because now I'm thinking it would be dumb to put a rebel base there again because everyone knows it's there. So, but maybe they yeah. did. I don't but, remember. You know, just because Where's she was the wasn't, place the she, mother would go. Leia technically <laughs> was deep faked in the Last Jedi, guys. We can't forget 2017 mm-hmm. in the Last Jedi. They used, um, yeah, the Last Jedi. They used old footage from the original Star Wars trilogy. To make young versions of Luke and Leia in a sh- flashback scene where they're like running together and they have their lightsabers ignited and they're like chasing each other, part of their like early training. And I, I forgot about that. You I know, just honestly, I was going so to say I totally <laughs> forgot that that scene existed until I did the research for this movie. Like, so what? Uh, what other deep fake scenes were there? And I was like, oh yeah, they totally did that in the Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. What was that? Yeah, and I think this is another example of just because we could doesn't mean we should. And Star Wars has yeah. fallen down that 
pitfall a bunch of times. But I mean, Star Wars is also constantly innovating movie technology. So if you're if you're going to innovate, you're also going to do some Need of these weird practice, things yeah. as well. Yeah, you can't just yeah. be. If you're going to take the risk to innovate, you got to be open to doing weird stuff like this weird flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. now I don't think yeah, the I mean, flashback I'm... was great, but I do really like the idea of that because that shows that. Um, Leia. It was a you know time they did some of this stuff in Legends and the EU where um, Leia was a trained Jedi. She mm-hmm. went with Luke. She was a Force user. She was a, a very good lightsaber duelist, and that you know you never see that. And I think putting something into the normal canon where a billion people are going to see it is a great thing. I just don't think it was the best way to do it. No, it definitely was not. I mean, you could have had like, but well, you could have had like any number of uh, different scenes for that with oh, her yeah. using a, a force ability other than flying through space. Um, <laughs> you know, again, early introduce force healing. You know, maybe she could do that. Maybe wow. she would be an expert. At, I don't know. Force healing is yeah. a whole nother episode. Was I the only one in theaters that saw the scene and was like, "Can Disney stop with the deep fakes?" Am I the <laughs> only one that thought that? I I didn't. It didn't bother me. <laughs> Really, no. at the time, yeah, right it, it didn't bother me. Like I said, I don't remember too much of that scene. <laughs> Why does Fair. it annoy me so much? I think it's because you can tell that it's not a real face. It looks kind of weird, and but you're like, nothing is not, real and it's anymore. A bit gratuitous. No, nothing. Yeah, like entire background scenes are just blue screens. Yeah, but right, they're convincing. Now. That's the thing. As long as they're convincing, I don't care the if they're real or not. Uh, I don't know. The I... entire the entirety of of the of the Avengers Endgame run is on a blue is on a blue yeah. stage. That's all it is. But it and looks convincing. It doesn't no, look like no this rocks, weird uncanny no valley like thing. But you could still tell, like when you have a, a fight scene between two people that is completely CGI. You know it's CGI. Or when there's, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I feel like everything is just yeah, an expensive cartoon nowadays. So who cares? Unless CGI has gone out. a long way, whereas this at the time, this was only year-old technology. It wasn't convincing. And don't tell me that you weren't being like, oh, it's Uncanny Valley-esque Luke and Leia Oh, it right looked there. weird, for sure. I'm Thank not you. Saying That's that all I'm saying. It's oh, like, no, it doesn't I look weird when yeah. there's a full CGI <laughs> fight. I'm just saying, like, why have a weird-looking scene in your movie when you could just not have it? That was my only Or thing. not show faces. Or not show faces, or yeah, like again, Give I even forgot this scene helmet. existed for years. I've forgotten mm-hmm. this, so it's well, um. I pose a question. Okay, let's say pose. Carrie Fisher died before the wrap of the Last Jedi, and they didn't have enough on the cutting room floor to finish the movie. Would you be all right with deep faking her into necessary plot scenes? Just for a little bit, just to finish the movie, because it was maybe a lost cause otherwise. Not a lost cause, but it would have well, been weird. I mean, my first thing would be like, can we do reshoots and whatever we can to work with what within we have? Within budget and within time. That's a, Yeah, a but time within budget. Is a big like, thing. There's so many jobs and livelihoods at stake with making these movies that it wouldn't be worth risking any of those things just to not CGI her face into the movie. But I think, you know, this is not the first time a actors died in the middle of a of shooting a movie. You, you either, you, you make it work, I think, with, with what you have. Yeah, okay. Uh, what do you think, Jacob? I, I've, in terms of, like, of, of important plot points, 
right? I feel like if if you can't figure out some way to introduce a character or or a plot device, a MacGuffin, um, in order to substitute that, and and like you can't, and there would be no way to rewrite the 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 script in a way that would make sense, mm-hmm. you know, because because you know. Uh, that 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 at least to me making the plot making sense at least you know progressively is an important thing yeah right so i feel like you know if it was like genuinely important you can have at least you know um maybe maybe not like you know again again maybe not show the face but have like the over the over the shoulder camera shot where all you're getting is their back and shoulder and then the information there or Uh or or like or you know have have something where where she where you know say uh uh Leia's li- lying in bed and is giving the information to Ray as something's happening mm-hmm. you know it, do do it in a way that that wouldn't require CGI to number one save on budget and number one to and number two uh, save on time. Yeah, don't and, give her like full close up monologues. <laughs> you know? Yeah, have her lying in a bed or something. Ready. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's I think that I agree with you, Jacob. I think that that's um, a valid. There point. are ways. Th- there are ways to get around it with without uh, incurring that. And I mean, you have to consider the potential. Problem backlash from just public perception too mm-hmm. I, I, leia benefits from having appeared as a cgi slash deep fake thing in rogue one so you'd think that you know she's seen it she's loved it she's gone on record saying she's liked it you know the estate gets paid but that might have just been that one instance yeah yeah i mean it was it's fair it was a concern like people were genuinely concerned that they were going to do this and were worried and and didn't want it to happen i think that was kind of the public perception at the time so I, to I do it would have required quite a pr campaign you know it may not have been worth rolling mm-hmm. those dice okay now what if ray died before the fight in the throne room with snoke could you see? Would could you deep faker into that scene? Let's say you need it. I'm trying to. The my devil's um, advocacy here is basically, I want to know what you guys think. If there is an integral scene to the movie that cannot be written around that you need to film, and can you? Would you be okay with a deep fake for that and then like, never use it again? Mm. Or is like there what all, Fast or is and there really Furious always did with Paul Walker, where they had that like, where they movie. would have his brother? Yeah. I'm not familiar. Um, at, at at the end of um, let's see, whenever Paul Paul Walker pa- passed away, uh, they didn't finish filming, um, and they had um a final scene that they wanted to have, and it was also a tribute to Paul Walker, right? Um, and they actually hired his brother, who even who looked a, a lot like him, so much so that they probably didn't have to do anything. You know, CGI wise, I'm not 100 percent sure, but he looked enough like him in order for his brother to play as you know for Paul right. Walker's okay. brother to play him, and that and there's a scene where uh, Don, uh, uh, Vin Diesel's character and is having a monologue uh, to again uh, to Paul Walker uh, the actor, and then uh, they go apart. Yeah, now, but was they there used any, his brother. Any deep fake stuff going on, or any? Uh mocap or was it just him playing his brother 
again, I think I think if I remember the 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 article that I read right, this was a few years ago, or just the mm-hmm. information right, that his brother looked enough like him in order. Uh, and again, they weren't like doing super close up shots with with this. Yeah. They were. Um, it was either, you know, how uh, however far you know car length away or such, or really long shots is what they used okay. for that. So there was no need, no general need for it. So basically, there's almost always a way to get around it. But mm-hmm. yeah, Paul okay. Walker died in like 2013, so this predates um, it oh, yeah. predates Star Wars, which is interesting. And you know, again, I, some of the other things I want to bring up is like Disney's gone way beyond this, and, and we'll get into it. But the next, I guess, because they do it with Marvel too, they. All of um, Captain Marvel had Samuel Jackson in the whole movie, and yep. they de-aged him completely. They used a very similar technology for Scorsese's mm-hmm. The Irishman on Netflix. They de-aged De Niro. Um, Gemini Man with Will Smith. Al Pacino, Gemini Man. Yeah, so it's like this technology has really started to take hold in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And like Terminator. The, term, the idea of Terminator yeah. is a great example. And the idea of preserving these IPs through deepfake technology is mm-hmm. uh, rapidly expanding and there's no going back. And we've actually got to see it in season two of The Mandalorian. Now, I will say right mm-hmm. now, if you have not seen season two of The Mandalorian, you're going to want to stop the episode here and watch it and come back because we are going to get into spoiler territory with The Mandalorian season two. You have been warned. Oh. That or if you already know what happened, what happens, yeah. and 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 um, and haven't seen it, like me, it, yeah. you know, <laughs> I've I've already been spoiled. I mean, it's uh, everywhere on the internet for me, at least. I can't believe but you still haven't you seen haven't Mandalorian seen it, season two. I <laughs> am in the middle of everything else, <laughs> and yeah, uh, I'm I'm in the Marvel side right now, watching What If. <laughs> got it, got it. Yeah, you know, life gets in the way, you know. But yes, it um, does. Mandalorian but life season also two, finds a way. As long as we didn't spoil it for you today, that's. Uh, oh no! I, like I said, I knew about it, but it yeah, was if, on the internet the day after. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they they could not Disney could not keep that down worth a damn. Well, once it was out, they were like, "Okay, it's out. We're, yeah. we're done." I will say they kept the secret very well. Um, I yeah, there were no leaks, at least that I was aware no. of. No, I didn't hear anything about about it like going up to it. And I even, you know, tried to tried to avoid even I, I wasn't trying to avoid anything. It was just I didn't hear nothing about it. I didn't mm-hmm. hear anything. Right. right. There weren't even murmurings. People were speculating, but no one had any proof of anything. And anyone who would say I, that here it comes, Luke Skywalker showed up, they would think you're a crazy person. <laughs> and yeah, like, yeah okay. Luke Skywalker think, and Darth Vader think, show up and have a little battle. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think I think another thing again spoilers for anyone who's still in here uh, um, I think everyone was still was hanging around the fact of Ahsoka showing up yeah yes. not Luke it was so, definitely more of a low key mm-hmm. yeah yep. so, so I so I think that also kind of was a distraction slash plot point mm-hmm. for that you know of just like oh Ahsoka's the secret character not you know Luke and then yeah. all of a sudden you get Luke Mm-hmm. Now, in this case, this is an interesting case because with the Mandalorian and Luke, they did two things, which the, the way they did this, follow along with me now, see if I can explain this correctly. Uh, so Luke Skywalker was physically played by two actors in the Mandalorian, Mark Hamill, and then another actor named Max Lloyd Jones, who was a younger guy that looked very similar to how Hamill looked in New Hope 
era times. Both actors alternating performing every scene where they would try to go back and match each other's Mm. mannerisms. And then in this way, like the younger guy was learning to physically mimic Mark Hamill. And then Hamill's face was then imposed on top of this younger physique. And they kind of blurred it, blurred the two appearances to make this, you know, this younger Return of the Jedi era Luke Skywalker. And that is how they made this character. So even at this point, like deep fake technology was still not as widely the term deep fake i don't think was as widely used it was 20 like mm-hmm. only in the past couple like year has it really been taking off mm-hmm. that's yeah. incredibly interesting yeah yeah it um, seems like a and, lot of work <laughs> oh no it, it it is um let's see that actually that method has actually been used before hmm. oh when do you know 2011 captain america the first avenger Oh, really? With with yeah. Chris with Evans? Yeah. Ah, yeah. To... Yeah. Because because Chris oh. Evans had so many scenes to shoot because because most filming is out of order. Um be, uh, so Chris Evans had you know was is the buff 6 foot, you know, tall, yeah. you know, guy. <laughs> Captain America. They, <laughs> yeah. They they had a, a skinny guy actor uh come in and play Skinny Steve and they just uh uh CGI'd. Yeah. Uh, they they did the same thing. They they both move they both moved the same the same way. Um, Chris Evans would say his lines, and then and then they would do a reshoot with Skinny Steve, um, <laughs> where he would sit where he would say the same lines as best as he could, and then they just put um, Chris Evans' face on Skinny Steve. Wow, Skinny Steve, I, don't I love rem- that. <laughs> I don't remember. I I'm sorry. I feel bad for not knowing the. Um, oh, I don't feel bad. Who the heck's gonna know that? Uh, actor, 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 actor. But that is—it's crazy that that's been done before. But Leander I mean, even... Dini, Leander, Le- uh, Leander, or, or Leander, Leander. I'm betting Maybe. Leander Dini. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he—he he was the body double for Chris Evans wow. as the skinny Steve Rogers. That was a good mm. movie. It was. So, but that, that yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty crazy that they do that. And I would like to kind of hear. Uh, I wonder if Mark Hamill's commented on it because I'm trying to figure if that I is think just he has recently. I'm sure he has. I, I'm I'll look it up later. But it's interesting to see what are they trying to just avoid controversy by getting him in, or is there an actual real benefit? Does Mark Hamill have a way of portraying Luke that somebody else? doesn't innately have like i wonder uh, i'd like to see the uh, the first try of the other the uh, the not the the young actor versus how mark hamill would do it innately mm. and see did, did he really have a lot to teach i'm not saying that he didn't i'm just interested to see if there is a, a a real purpose for it or if there's more of just we want to skirt controversy because i understand like you know a- acting's crazy and if you portray a character in a specific way with motions and I mean, look at um, Mando. I mean, there's so little things like just a head nod or a head turn portrays a lot of Mm -hmm. character. And you wouldn't think that with a guy with a bucket on his head. And so I understand (laughs) that even minute characteristics of motion can really portray Luke better than somebody else. And I wonder if that really is the case or I'd like to see a comparison, but you'll never see that. Yeah. 
But I mean, who knows? They they may have the making of the Mandalorian, you know, come out. Oh with, yeah, you for know, sure. Some early stuff. I you think know. they have released some stuff on Disney already that showed um, Mark Hamill on set and all that. Uh, that came out like semi recently, and. This is not the end, though. Even though we're in 2020, the news continues, as I teased earlier, into just a, a few weeks ago. We have deepfake technology has become... It's gotten to the point where through like machine learning and AI programs and stuff like that, that people can, with enough time, and if you have enough pre-existing footage of a human being, do deepfake... Like, people are making deepfake stuff from home, and... This is a headline that came about just last month. A YouTuber famous for making deepfakes of scenes from iconic film and television shows, including Star Wars, has landed a job as at Lucasfilms. So for doing it better. <laughs> yeah, because this okay, so the channel's called Shamook S H A M O O K and it is you go to that channel and you will see he's done he's like deep like putting like putting Leia in Force Awakens but better, putting Han Solo in the Solo movie. And you can see how he's using deepfake technology to homebrew this alternative of like to see Harrison a young Harrison Ford in Solo. Like I've watched that video. It's very convincing. Mm-hmm. It's very convincing and it's honestly very cool. His um, Luke and Leia ones are unreal. They're yeah. better than Disney. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, By he's far. benefiting from like five years of technological <laughs> know, advancements, sure, but sure. yeah, it got to the point though well, that he was doing these, Mando, though. and they were doing them so well. I don't actually know their gender. They were doing so well that they got hired by Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm saw the potential, and um, the yeah, normally that doesn't happen. Normally <laughs> the uh, normally the licensing would ju- or the person who owns the licensing would uh, would send like a cease and desist story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely, hey, you didn't do that with our stuff. Life. Well, it's kind of like when they bring those like check forgers out of prison to help them hunt down other check forgers. <laughs> yeah, what is that? Um, uh, catch me if hey, you can. Catch me if you can. Yeah, yeah. it's a good yeah. movie. Yeah, hey, you're movie. good at tricking us. Can you teach us how to? Not- <laughs> they, I mean, they do it yeah. with hackers. Stuff uh, like I mean, that. Silence mm-hmm. of the Lambs, right? Jodie Foster goes mm-hmm. to Hannibal Lecter to get a criminal profile of another criminal. So yeah. it's mm-hmm. not that this what he was doing was criminal. He was just a fan. He wasn't necessarily, or you know, he or she was not doing this for. I don't know if they're ads running. I don't know if they're doing this for profit, but they were getting a ton of views on these. Millions, yeah. Millions of views oh, yeah. on these. And it's just impressive work. And I think m- now more than ever, some of these companies that have been so fast with the cease and desist and all that on YouTube, like trying to suppress fan content, are starting to learn that it's better to embrace what your fans are doing oh, than to try fun. and mm-hmm. fight oh, them. Yeah. And so this, to me, I think Lucasfilms, since the you know the Last Jedi or whatever the last movie was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Rise of Skywalker. Thank you. Ever since Rise of Skywalker, I think Disney's I been looking Jedi. for ways <laughs> to Gosh. do things differently. Yeah. And do things like give the give the lens of Star Wars to more people and we're seeing that in visions mm-hmm. yeah. and we're seeing that with pulling in these these YouTubers. And then who I have just, a, who are fans. I mean, who are fans and doing really great work for no yeah. money. They well, probably Lucas cost Films, money to make that thing. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lucasfilms yeah. has been dealing with this since 
basically the seventies. You know, they have had. There's been fan movies. There's been fan conventions. There's been books. so they books. They they I mean, know they recruited that, the five O first to film Mandalorian. If exactly. We yeah. Yeah. They they know to not screw with the fans. Disney hasn't figured that out yet, but Lucasfilms. <laughs> Is they understand that there's only so much pushback you could do. Maybe hey, you know it is an IP. You can't steal. But if you're doing this for nonprofit, they're very, very open to stuff like that. Yeah, nonprofit or charity right. work. As exactly. again, I think the 501st does. You know, they go around to mm-hmm. hospitals and things like that. Again, just yeah. What are you going to doing... stop them from doing that? Right. <laughs> like, come on. Right. So Lucasfilms, it's like some of the Star Trek guys uh, who, who have been doing it for so long. They know the fans are like this, and hiring somebody is I. I think the first step in a hopefully a broader trend because I know there are other YouTubers that have had their or artists fan artists that have had some of their work kind of sneakily taken and then Mm -hmm. altered slightly and well okay yeah the IP is owned by Star Wars any fan work technically they can use it's not yours Mm -hmm. and if they tweak it slightly enough that there's really no but you know there was one somebody did a battle breakdown that ended up in a book there's been multiple models that have ended up in movies like CGI models so I think hopefully this trend will either hire more people or compensate them for the work hey we'll throw you a thousand dollars you know it should yeah. be more but you know what i mean yeah. could, could I, we I, use I, this um the cgi model of a uh, star destroyer that's better than ours We're, we'll take it from you or hey you did this whole beautiful uh, battle breakdown of some weird battle that nobody's ever really paid attention to can we use that in a, a in a book we hey, want we you want make that, a you know? really awesome podcast <laughs> <laughs> you want to keep doing that but we give you money it's like those b1 battle droids and your icon (laughs) yeah (laughs) we'll see you in court they were made in ms paint you (laughs) you can't even tell they're b1s you can't you can't use the line roger roger it's gonna be a (laughs) disney owns the letter r forget it (laughs) so we that's the history of deep fakes in star wars and I want to take these last 20 minutes, 15 minutes or so to do a nice roundtable. We'll each take turns uh, reacting to some of these discussion topics. And those of you playing at home, I encourage you to send your own thoughts in over to our Twitter at RogerRogerPod. So I'll ask the question and then then I'll pass it around here. I'll start with you, Jacob. Uh, Do you have, like, in Star Wars specifically, do you have any sort of ethical concerns around the use of deep fake technology in Star Wars? Anything from actors' rights, uh, reduced opportunities for young actors, likeness negotiations? Is there anything that you're genuinely concerned about at this point? I mean, I I, de- I definitely am concerned about uh, uh, companies using likenesses uh, without, uh, without, con- without consulting the estate or 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 anyone else who is close to to that individual you know or something like that um mm-hmm. and and that that i think is going to be a very big thing that companies will have to do to add to their um pre-production uh plans mm-hmm. is to set up these contracts to set up these uh, uh negotiations uh in order to um potentially you you know, use the likeness of a of a uh, actor who has passed away, uh, however many years. You know, I think I think another thing that can come up it 
you know, um, I think it was mentioned before was, you know, what if there is no estate to go, you know, to go to? What mm-hmm. if there is nobody mm-hmm. who you can contact, you know, with an immediate family or otherwise? You know, in which case then it becomes a question of, well, you know, well, how long can an actor be passed away before we can use, you know, this like or or, you know, or, or otherwise, you know, because, again, with Carrie Fisher, they reused footage. Mm. They didn't they didn't CGI or deepfake. They reused right. footage. Mm-hmm. But that was because it was very recent. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say that they were going to be making another, mo- uh, you know, another movie, say, in 10, 15 years. Where does that lie? Where does that mm-hmm. legal and ethical stance, you know, lie? You know, if they said like, "Hey, you know, we're going to use Carrie Fisher's likeness in a movie in 2030," mm-hmm. it's true. Yeah, I have those same concerns. But Derek, I'll let you kind of react and answer the question yourself. Yeah, well, to me, I think the process is actually pretty clear. Mm-hmm. It comes down to all of this stuff should be in contract, so there's no ethical, not you know, uh, there's no legal problems. Mm-hmm. It should be talked about. It should be set in stone, basically. Get, be progressive. Get the records straight. Two, necessity. If you're going to deep fake somebody, it maybe not necessity uh, is the right word, but Tarkin, you can name drop Tarkin. All you want. That would be cool. He's in the background of the Death Star somewhere. Great. You don't need him in the movie. I'd recognize Leia, that silhouette anywhere. <laughs> right. The, oh, yeah. Have him be a, a ominous shadow or something like that. But a, yeah, just the uh, voice. Right. Mm. Uh, Leia, at the end for a minute, I think is worth doing. There is mm-hmm. So I understand there's a difference. One is, okay, you're going to put him in like five, you know, five minutes of dialogue in the movie and deepfake them in. You don't really need to do that. Leia in for 30 seconds at the end getting the Death Star plans, that is way more important and I think brings more to the table. So I'm okay with that. And mm. I think if you're going to do stuff like that in the future, I think you have to think about what is what what is it really bringing to the table? Is there a real purpose and does it help? Well, Two, mm-hmm. or I guess three, actually, if you don't mind, could I jump to one of your other questions? Uh, sh- because I think it relates to necessity. Sure, as long as we don't get too derailed here. Where are you going with well, this? Well, I, I think <laughs> this is the. Um, can anybody else play? Luke oh, that's a different. That's a separate mm. conversation. Okay, separate conversation. All right, fine. Then I'll wait. I'll answer so, my question and then I'll ask that one for okay, you. Okay. So the I agree with both of you completely. The only thing I have to add is like I think it's just the responsibility of you know Lucasfilms, Disney, with Star Wars, whatever, to represent you know the best interest of these actors and their likeness and however they negotiate that going forward Mm -hmm. is very important and then how they handle it with actors who have already passed that can't consent is important too Mm -hmm. i think they've they've done it by the book this whole time and when i you know did the research and realized that they they did work with the estate from the very beginning for tarkin uh, that made me feel much, much better about it. I think that's important. Very, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's oh, very, important. very important. So that's excellent. And as for, like, the only other thing I'm concerned about is this idea of reduced opportunities for other actors. Mm-hmm. And that I will bring into this this the new trend, question, yeah. Derek, and you can answer. Because one of my genuine concerns is that you have so many new stories to tell, so much so many new actors looking for opportunities. It's like, we don't need to see, you know, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher over, over, over and over and over. I mean, I love them and would love to see them whenever I can. But in this case of like, 
Mandalorian season two, would it have been such a bad thing if they cast a lookalike to just play Luke Skywalker? And then, Derek, I'll let you answer this question first. Can anyone other than Mark Hamill play Luke Skywalker? Or are we now in an age that because deepfake technology is so good, no one other than Mark Hamill will ever have to be the face of Luke Skywalker again? What do you think? I think it's actually a slightly more complicated answer. Oh, boy. If we are, the way Star Wars is going right now, it is paralleling the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. If we are in the Star Wars universe, not visions, not something outside the bubble, Mark Hamill is Luke Skywalker. He is. If you reboot Star Wars in 10 years and cast a new Luke, absolutely okay. I actually had this conversation with somebody else recently about Harry Potter. Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe is a little, he's, what, like 35 now, something like that. Mm -hmm. He can play, if they wanted to do another Harry Potter set later, go for it. Have him be the same Harry Potter. If If you want to play an older Harry Potter, right? You're not saying have him play the same character, like, Go yeah. first year at Hogwarts. <laughs> right, no. And if like you're, Steve Buscemi, if, how do you do, fellow kids? I'm at Hogwarts. <laughs> be funny. Yeah. That's like an SNL skit. I'd watch that. But um, the <laughs> but if you rebooted the series from the first book ten years down the line from now. You hire a different Harry Potter. You don't have to deep fake him and you don't have to CGI anything. But you, you hire could. A new Harry Potter. You could, but I don't think you should. I think if it's a reboot, but what it about be somebody else. Luke Skywalker? Let's say Same this, there's a big keynote address, right? Kathleen Kennedy walks up and says, Here is our phase three or whatever for Star Wars TV. And the temple show is Luke Skywalker, the TV show. And. I mean, they have two options. They do a young lookalike actor or they it's complete deep fake like Mark Hamill, age appropriate Mark Hamill, not old Mark Hamill. It's a younger version right around Mandalorian times. Right. Like, which would you rather see? I would absolutely. It's got to be Mark Hamill. Really? But here. But here's the thing. That show shouldn't be made. Charles. So your answer is you'd rather see Mark Hamill deepfake to be de-aged, but you would be against the show? Yes, because I want a show with new characters, a new timeline, a new place, new actors. There's a way to not you skirt the whole problem with not relying on the same stuff over and over Mm -hmm. again. Sure, it's great to see Luke every once in a while. Every once in a while. We're past it. I, I mean, I would love a yeah, Luke show. but there's show. like six shows coming out in a year, you know? If, if it's one of it. six shows in a year, is that like too much? I don't know. Well, Jacob, I, think- Jacob, I want to hear from you. Okay, so you get the news that in the not-too-distant future, we're doing a Luke Skywalker TV show. Do you have a preference of new, young, look-alike actor or deep-faked Mark Hamill on an actor? Um, number one, I'm with Derek on on the fact that it shouldn't be made. That wow. new stories should be explored. Again, just for new stories, new yeah, stories that yeah. are not connected to the Skywalker yeah. line, yeah. and you know? for the actors too. You know, and, yeah, no, yeah, total, totally new actors. Whether whether lo, whether looking whether established or new act, you know, very new actors. You know, but like, as for whether I would want, you know, a de aged. Mark Hamill or um, or a stand-in. 
I'm not. I don't know because a part a part of me want want wants that you know support of new actors, you know, of mm-hmm. new faces with it, you, you know, especially if they're able to somewhat get you know the the Luke the Luke Skywalker kind of look and mannerisms right. But at the same time, I'm also in the camp that you know I also do believe that you know once once you kind of like once you've established yourself as that character, you know, as an actor. Mm-hmm. Then that's kind of what people associate you with, and you know you kind of go, you know, go to. I mean, uh, Mark Hamill has done that plenty of times with Luke Skywalker, you know, throughout the years. You know, mm, again, absolutely. you know, and uh, even though Harrison Ford hates it, <laughs> you know, he's associated with Han Solo. You know, and now let's see, we have Tom Hiddleston with, um, you know, with Loki and Chris Hemsworth with, with Thor. You know, even though, like, I really want to push for a Tom Hiddleston pal- early Palpatine movie. <laughs> That's just me. Oh, interesting. Mm. That is interesting. Um, you know, but but at the same time, if you make that, people will still associate you with or him with being Loki. Yeah. And I think, yeah. and I, you know, and again, I, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of split between the camps. I I would like to see new actors, yeah. but Mark Hamill understands how Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. Skywalker works, right? And acts, yeah, yeah, more than the people at Disney. Look, and I would say, yeah. look, I think ultimately, yeah, it's easy to say, oh, it should be this way, or I want it to be this way, but whatever the creative team's vision mm-hmm. is, that's what they should do because they're the artists, they're the ones making it. And I don't agree what, with that. whichever side they want to make work, they can make work. And I do agree with myself. So that's the, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't mind seeing a young actor look with similar appearance to a, you know, Return of the Jedi era Luke Skywalker star in a hmm. Luke Skywalker TV show and we can see some more of that legends development and all the cool mm-hmm. force powers and techniques and stuff that came with that uh, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think we necessarily need it like you said like whatever stories that these filmmakers want to tell they can tell and I would love to watch it and I, it doesn't need to be a Vader TV show a Luke Skywalker TV show or this guy TV show or that guy TV show but the potential is there, and I don't necessarily see the need to have it be Mark Hamill every single time, even though it mm-hmm. can be. I just don't see the need for it, unless someone really wanted it to be. I can okay. understand that. Yeah. I, get, I get what you're saying, but mm-hmm. I really do think there's some characters that are their face. Not mm-hmm. literally. It's not the only part mm-hmm. of the character. But No, Mark I hear Hamill, what you're saying. Like yeah. Darth Vader any, or Chewbacca, anyone can get in those suits and play those right. characters. Um even yeah, like no C three PO, the voice yeah. of James Earl Jones in order to do uh, Vader, mm-hmm. right? But I mean, that's one of the things that we've talked about. In e- even more n- recent technological developments than deep faking uh, video is deep faking audio. And mm-hmm. if there's someone who has enough of their voice recorded, you can put that into an AI program and then type something out and have the computer. Yep read it in the voice you want so you could get a james earl jones deep fake voice 
to say any kind of dialogue that you want. And let's be honest, there's so many fantastic mm-hmm. impersonators out there of every Star Wars oh, yeah. character yeah. that even without a deep fake voice thing, you could find someone for anything. It's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Like the Tarkin was just an impersonation and I thought that actor did a fantastic job. Yeah, he did. Most Vader lines are not done by James Earl Jones. Oh, no most way. of the I mean, yeah, most of the Jones video is, game stuff yeah. is is pretty advanced in his years at this point. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why he'd get a, you know get into the studio to do lines for oh, a video actually, game. Or he could do it at home. I mean, he a may YouTuber have a home, he actually, have a home studio. A, a YouTuber actually did. Uh, I don't know if he still does the Darth Vader voice for Lucasfilms. Oh, no kidding. You remember you remember the guys that did Chad Vader? Yeah, I do remember that. I they hired was, the Chad Vader guys? Are you sure? I, I'm almost positive. <laughs> I'm hesitant to believe that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm almost positive. I mean, James Earl Jones is 90 years old, everybody. He was 90 in January, so I think it's a lot to ask to have him come out and do the voices every yeah, single time. I mean, time. again, he could also just do it from his, from a home studio. I'm sure he has a home studio in oh, order yeah. to record that stuff. So all he has to do is just step into, you know, his little space, say the line, and then go on. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, what? Only a few years ago, he came back and did um, uh, Mufasa. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he did. He did Mufasa just a few years ago, like two years ago, one year ago. Yeah, so... And, um, yeah. He... He, um, well, not him, but there's other cases like, I mean, for the example of Chewbacca, it's like, it's just a noise. <laughs> you can just mm-hmm. play old ones that were recorded for Chewbacca, uh, f- over these. Although I think the guy they had played Chewbacca for Solo did his own voices, I think. So that was pretty neat. Um, but yeah, and in Solo's case, they didn't deepfake Han Solo, and you can see that on YouTube that they they hired a young actor, and yeah. there was mixed opinions about that. But I thought it was good. Yeah, I feel, I feel like that that worked because number one, you know, Harrison Ford kind of looks like he was when he was younger, but not really. You know, yeah. there's a lot. You know, and I think at that point the whole de aging CGI was not there yet. So and even then, I and he, and again, I don't think Harrison Ford would want to come back to play that character again. He's expressed his dislike for for you know <laughs> being associated with you know so much. Um, even though he's done a lot of great movies, um, he's you know again well known for being Han Solo. But I, I think it was he's in Blade Runner. Yeah, <laughs> right as uh, you know any Indiana yep, Jones. Indiana Jones. Oh. Including the new one with uh, that actor that went that disappeared. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! But um, yep. oh, I just want to bring up: I was one hundred percent right. They hired Chad Vader. <laughs> Chad Vader has done the voice of most Star Wars video games since two thousand and six. Um, wow! Soul Calibur, Battlefront Two, Force Awakens, Battlefront. Oh, I forgot Disney he was Infinity. in Soul Calibur. <laughs> yep. Star Wars: oh, Force Unleashed, Force Unleashed Two. He was also in Lego Star Wars TV show. All of them, the Not Freemaker Adventures that have our buddy R O G R. Oh, nice. And um, any he was on uh, Deal or No Deal, and I think as Darth Vader. Sh- as Darth Vader, what's uh, <laughs> what's the show? And uh, what's the show with John Stewart? I think oh, Daily Show. Those, he was like, on Daily Show shows. as yeah, but it was as he was the representative from Lucasfilm. He was he's been hired since two, at least two thousand and six. Oh, maybe yeah, wow. two thousand and six. 
as Chad Vader. So they again, okay, it's yeah. another so yeah, example can, of the fans. Yeah. They know what they're doing. Yeah, and again, I th- and I think that you know, if if they don't use the deep fake audio, then they can definitely just have you know these impersonators who know exactly. the voice, who can mimic it enough or impersonate it enough to create these new lines that you know this new technology isn't necessary. But okay, say that you have like a like a character that you know it that has a very unique voice that nobody can really mimic quite right. At that point, you know, and they just need to say, like, I don't know, two, three lines. I think that's fine. Yeah. But what kind of voice would be like that? I feel like any voice can be impersonated, at least. I I, I think the deepfake um, CGI where you can actually see it is more important than the audio. I think the audio you Mm -hmm. can almost always skirt. Yeah, but I mean, we are not far from watching a movie where it's none of the actors are alive anymore or exist okay. and it's just a live action movie with all of these classic actors playing all these characters and we could have the adventures of Luke Skywalker for a hundred years mm-hmm. okay well I'm, and, yeah. okay um, just just like real quick I think there there could be an issue coming up that involves the audio at least it's it's who does that credit go to does it go to the original voice or does it uh, so say like they use the deep fake audio does it go to the original voice or the program or person who did the, the work? I guess all three. I would say original voice by uh, Mark Hamill, produced by, or maybe not produced is the right word, but cre- finalized by... Re- recreated. The, recreated yeah, by kinda, sound designer with it's, software. Because it's true. It's, it's kind credit. of harder to enforce in voice impersonations and... Things like that. I mean, with Disney, where you're deliberately constructing a voice programmatically and then not paying the guy, you could you have a better case. But I even remember like an interview with Michael Caine, who's got a very um, popular voice to impersonate. He's like, yeah, I would see there's like these you know birthday cards, and you open it, and it would be my voice saying happy birthday. But it was, just, and you you doesn't see a penny of it, and that's just because people can take your voice and run with it, and good luck chasing them down. Mm-hmm. But I I think Disney and Star Wars has that higher level of responsibility. They can't like just put something out there and not get and not and not and like to get past the fans or the actors or anything like that. They're just too big, and it's everything they do is too deliberate to to be getting away with stuff like yeah. that. And so it it makes it harder, but it it gives a chance for some of these actors to get more royalties and get more you know of their bring more to the character and and you know I think Disney to date has been doing a very good responsible job mm-hmm. using deep fake technology mm-hmm. and it's becoming better and better too like the Samuel Jackson stuff in in uh, Captain Marvel look great yeah you know my answer to the original question might change mm-hmm. in 30 years if they did a Luke Skywalker show I, w- I wouldn't say you need to do the deep fake mm. But any time around here in this cinematic universe, I think it should be Mark Hamill. In the future, if you're going to, like like I said, if it's a reboot or if it's far enough in the future that it, it like, it, it might seem archaic to use. An, I mean, the whole acting style might be different. I mean, look at uh, movies from the 30s versus now. Mm, that's you know? true. Right. So I think 
depends. Yeah, de- yeah, there's a lot of factors, and time is also one of them. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well, guys, I think we ran the gauntlet here. We talked about everything along the lines of Star Wars and deep fake technology. Is there anything that either one of you would like to bring up about the deep fake discussion before we bring it home? Hmm. I guess my final thought would be I'm all right with it if it's done responsibly. It's kind of on a base to, a case to case basis mm-hmm. where sometimes it's necessary, sometimes it's not, sometimes it's cool, sometimes it's dumb, sometimes it's creepy, sometimes everybody's on board. So yeah. I don't think yeah, I don't think there's one clear answer to this. I think it's very on the fence ethically, it's very on the fence even like from a, a moviegoer's perspective, this is like dumb, this is cool. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of factors and I think you got to take it very case to case, but put all this stuff in contracts, make sure you talk to the family and make sure, cover your bases that way and I think you're at least good with that. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, I mean, you basically summed it up. So mm-hmm. long as, so long as the, so long as, again, the estates are known about it. There are the people know know about. It. I feel like that's always going to be the the base, uh, the foundation for you know what can be done in the future. You know because uh, you know uh, who knows the you know all of a sudden deep fake stuff could be very popular within 10, 15 years. You oh, know yeah. because you know n- you know things that were tried out early can fit, can flop at the time and then suddenly gain a resurgence um, after after some time. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think case by case and then build up from there, build up precedent, build up um, the, the legal and ethical, figure out the legal and ethical issues case to case and then set those results as the precedent for moving forward. Mm-hmm. Well yeah, said. I think that's going to be very important. Agreed completely. To me, Star Wars, one of the magical things about Star Wars over the years is that it has always been on the cutting edge of movie making technology. And I, I mean, George mm-hmm. Lucas was founding companies like uh, Pixar, like um, THX, Industrial Lights and Magic. Mm-hmm. He was Lucas the president film. of like three <laughs> companies. He had to stop directing the movies because he was so busy uh, founding these companies in order to make the most technologically advanced movies he could make. That has always been the charm of Star Wars. And sometimes it's been to the deficit. Like we've seen the George Lucas edits and re-edits and <laughs> re re edits remastering these movies and some fans like, like in pain seeing all this overdone c- cgi but it gets us to movies like attack of the clones the first ever like fully shot digital blockbuster movie it's it's just the way disney's always uh disney star wars has always worked and now that it's under disney and now that we have these deep fake technology and ethics is more involved than ever before i am as much as i would say i'm concerned it's just I've, the track record here has been very very good there's been no controversy in star right. wars specifically there's tons of controversy about deep fakes and politics and public figures and all these other things but in star wars itself they've handled it very well and to me it's just 
a bonus to have that we could potentially have Luke Skywalker appear in these movies and have it not be weird. We can have Carrie Fisher at the end of Rogue One being that symbol of hope in a movie so devoid of hope. And it and mm-hmm. it helps you appreciate and recontextualize a Star Wars A New Hope as well when they have those plans, right. what that cost. So those moments are very powerful and that movie making technology has always been a part of that and i'm looking forward to the day when we get a totally deep faked movie of all these i was characters. about to ask what you think <laughs> then about that's an that. animated yeah. movie at that point right um, is it basically. just a cartoon yeah uh it's a cgi movie like uh, you know <laughs> right well do you are you totally against that no i'm, I'm not totally against anything i kind of am it look bit. if the way i see it is i'm open if a movie maker or a show maker or whatever has a vision and it's done right, it can anything can be done well. I have a hard time just saying oh, I would never want to see something like that because I don't know the whole creation process. But there's a lot of potential for that to be uncanny and weird and uncomfortable. But it doesn't have ethically to be. too. Yeah, ethically, mm-hmm. right, right. So. That's where I'm at. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. I think it will be in our lifetimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it will. Honestly, they'll have a whole movie where no one ever acted and no one ever spoke any lines of dialogue, but they just took Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill and all the stuff they had and made a movie. (laughs) And it's going to be the selling point of the movie, too. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. No, that would definitely be, you know, hey, do you want to see a movie with these these actors, but they're not there? Right. (laughs) They don't talk I think it was, was it Bojack Horseman (laughs) where he, like, won an Oscar for a movie that, like, he quit in the beginning of and they just finished it with all cgi <laughs> and he's always so like as imposter syndrome funny. yeah i think that happened in in bojack so we, who knows good. maybe we're not far from that yeah um, i actually saw mm-hmm. something on youtube that was the the first stand-up a uh stand-up written by an ai and it was ridiculously I mean, it was funny, but it was ridiculously bad and made no sense <laughs> mm-hmm. because it was written by an AI coming up with oh, what like normal jokes comedies. are. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't fun. And some of the jokes actually landed better than normal comedy jokes. But if you haven't seen that, I would I would Google that. I forgot who it was by or, um, or where it was posted, but it was a stand-up written by an AI, and it was ridiculous. <laughs> but we're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there. Yeah. Well, until then, guys, I think we've done all we could today. If you like what you heard, it's a great topic. It's one that's always fascinated me. And um, if you like what you've heard, we want to hear you as well. Drop us a like over at Roger Roger Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And then leave some comments. Let us know. Can anyone other than Mark Hamill play Luke Skywalker now that we have deep fake potential? Has Star Wars mm-hmm. been successful with their use of deep fakes? We need to know what you're thinking. So head on over to Twitter and Instagram to voice your opinions. And guys, unless we have anything else to say, I think we're done here. Yeah, no, yeah. just thanks to Charles for coming up with this idea and doing a uh, wow. bunch of the notes. Well, Appreciate it was it. a group effort. Oh, yeah. Thank you all for coming in, ready to do some heavy lifting on this discussion. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it was fun. Great. All yeah. right. 
See you guys next time. And uh, well, by the way, I just want to say uh, thank oh, you, <laughs> uh, Jacob. Thank you so much for coming on, uh, taking a busy time outside the editing studio to lend your voice and your thoughts. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe we'll get enough of your voice captured where we can just have you on. Just and... <laughs> not have me in anymore. I'll just edit Charles. myself in <laughs> without having to. Can you say every phonetic sound? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> and then we'll 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 send some cameras over to take like full rotoscoping of your face. No one can see it but us, but it just helps on the zoom to to have that beautiful image. Um, but yeah, one day. Yeah, yeah, one day. Because then I wouldn't have to do the podcast alone. Because Charles, in case you guys didn't know, is just a deep fake from all of his audio from the FTF podcast. Yeah, Charles, you, guys, Charles none of us would have show. to record. We just like no. have an AI write the episode. Make the voices. We can get on YouTube. So open up a dictionary. Say every single word. <laughs> exactly. Nice. That would be and fantastic. Then the, yeah. And then the AI could write the podcast. Yeah, and there then have go. it Love post it. on social media. Write all the mm-hmm. tweets. It would be great. We're almost there. A, f- a full great. AI podcast. I'd subscribe to that. We'll be the uh, first. Ha one. ha. <laughs> <laughs> well said and uh all right guys thank you all so much for listening jacob again thank you so much for coming on we'll all be back sometime very soon um yeah we'll figure out what we're gonna do for next week we'll we'll, we'll talk about it but uh for now guys we'll see you later yeah see you guys see ya goodbye roger 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 roger
Roger. 